Welcome to Amplify Your Process Safety, the podcast that provides the experience and expertise you need when it comes to process safety and risk management. Our hands-on approach will give you the insight needed, whether you're new to industry or process safety, in a role where you interact with aspects of process safety, or an experienced process safety professional. Join us in our mission to protect people, the companies they work for, and the communities where they operate by making process safety knowledge available to all. Hello, and welcome to the Amplify Your Process Safety Podcast. My name is Rob Bartlett, and this episode, I'm happy to be joined by our first international guest on the podcast. We finally got international here. Uh, We have David Hatch, who is a chemical engineer from the UK. Uh, David has been in various engineering and process safety-related roles in the pharmaceutical industry, as well as the oil and gas industries. Uh, For the last 15 years or so, he's been focused on process safety consulting, And since 2016, he's had his own consulting company called Process Safety Integrity, which provides process hazards analyses and other loss prevention solutions, including bow ties, uh, which is what we are going to talk about today, using bow ties uh, to manage risk. And uh, as I've started doing with with guests like David, uh, I do have a fun fact. And that fun fact is that not only is David uh, using his knowledge and expertise as a consultant, to improve process safety, but he's also moving into the physical space by developing a new product called Process Safety Cards. Uh, These are playing cards that are uh, used to help people kind of think about and relate to process safety. Uh, And we're going to have David on in a future podcast to talk about the cards, Um, but I thought it was a fun fact um, because as he's moving from Uh, kind of the knowledge space to a product space, I think it's safe to say that he's learning a lot about the differences between selling knowledge work and physical products in the international marketplace. Is that safe to say, David? That's exactly it. Yeah, it's um, like you say, to to go from a consulting role where you're selling hours to a product role where you're selling something tangible has certainly been an education for me, a, a painful education sometimes, and um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it'll resolve itself. And and you know the e-commerce, e-commerce and online shopping, um, it, it, it's made it easier, but um, it's, but know, it's still it, painful. <laughs> yeah, you, you just don't realise how many duties and taxes and jurisdictions and paperwork and. You know, when when you're shipping cards, you you've got to be very sensitive to the culture, and you can't call them playing cards. You've got to call them training cards, and yeah, it's it's weird, but so far it's it's been very rewarding, and and we've we've got them out to different people in different languages, different industries. So so far, so good. That's fantastic. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll, we're going to have you back again. We've talked about that. We're going to have you back again to talk specifically about the cards and how those can be used. But today we want to talk about, about bow ties and how we can use bow ties to manage risk. Um, and I think, this, I think this is one of the ways that you first came on my radar, uh, mainly through LinkedIn, was uh, your evangelizing about bow ties. So I think the first the first question I've got is is really like, how did you get into bow ties? You're you know, you're you're going through your career, you're doing, you know, normal PHAs and all that sort of stuff. And and how do bow ties come into your world? So my first experience with bow ties, um, I was working for a European energy 
company um, and they had um, power generation assets in, in various countries and they all pretty much worked the same, uh, either coal-fired power stations or gas-fired stations or even, even hydro, but they all had the same unit operations, the same equipment, but they, the, the business had been built up predominantly by acquisitions um, and there, there wasn't really a consistent baseline or a common understanding of the risk position across the business. I, I joined a project which was led by my colleague Paul McCulloch to um, develop uh, a common understanding of how risk is managed across same or similar assets in different uh, communities or countries. And uh, Paul uh, found this technique, bow ties, which was a really powerful, really visual approach and it was recognised that the conventional approach from refining oil and gas, etc., would be to, to hazard all these power stations, but there wasn't the appetite or the time or the money or, or you know, the awareness to do it. So bow ties became a really pragmatic, proportionate way of um, giving everybody a common language that they could represent their assets and their activities and share that in a way that was was more easily understood and the better you understand it the better you can manage it um, so that, that's how i came across bow ties so you're kind of brought into this into the project there the, somebody else is is using the bow ties you're like hey that's something that has that has more applications and i think i think uh, i think i'm gonna I'm going to look into this a little more. So let's start off. Let's, let's take the next step. So I know what a bow tie is. Uh, at once upon a time, I could tie a bow tie. Uh, I'm guessing we're not talking about actually using bow ties, you know, from a tuxedo or anything here. So when you say when you say bow ties and and I, I you know, this is an audible podcast. So and this is a visual tool. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly the best way to do it. But can you give the audience some sort of sense when, when you talk about a bow tie in this in this uh, in this way, what are you talking about? So, in, in its simplest form, the, the bow tie is a, a visual representation of a hazardous scenario. And, and you and I would recognize a, a hazard as, you know, some kind of, you know, flammable, toxic, explosive material. But fundamentally, if you if you think about risk in its most basic form, risk is the failure to achieve your objectives. And those objectives may be commercial, um, they could be related to quality, but we would recognise that risk being a safety or an environmental um, obligation or expectation. So what, what the bow tie does is visually represent the scenarios from left to right, you've got the 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 line of sight from the causes to effects but at the heart of the bow tie is the top event and the top event is where you lose control or containment of your hazard so the knot of the bow tie the center of the bow tie is the top event leading to the top event you've got one or more threats or causes so your threats or causes will converge on the knot of the top event those they will then diverge on the right-hand side to become different consequences, loss of life, 
pollution, um, production interruption, different consequences. And between the the top events or the threat and the top event, you've got prevention measures. And between the top event and the consequences, you've got the the mitigation measures. And, and these are known as barriers. Now, the French sometimes call this a butterfly diagram because it, it looks like a butterfly. You, okay. You've got that. You've got this this core in the middle, and then spreading out on both sides. You, you've got the the threats and the consequences. The reality is that the you don't have to balance it. You don't have to have exactly the same number of threats on the left as you do have on the right. So it's not going to be a symmetrical, um, you know, <laughs> representation. It's going to be a bow tie like, like the way that I that I tie them, kind of exactly, off filter yeah, yeah. and not not symmetrical. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but the the real the real essence of the bow tie are the barriers. Uh, and for for the listeners that are familiar with the Swiss cheese model, so the Swiss cheese model developed by James Reason represented your um, your protection measures as slices of Swiss cheese. And the more holes and the bigger the holes that you had in the Swiss cheese, the more easier it was to escalate from your your hazard all the way through to the harm so effectively your barriers are the the swiss cheese slices all with their own strengths and weaknesses so the the components are essentially at the heart of it you've got your hazard and the top event where you lose control on the left hand side you've got the threats between the threats and the top event you've got prevention barriers between the top event and the consequence you've got mitigation barriers and these barriers can be hardware, they can be human. So they can be organizational measures or they could be technical measures. And in PHA terms, we would recognize the threats as causes and the barriers as safeguards. So it's the same, it's the same familiar uh, elements. It's just represented more graphically. And, and the, the familiar phrase is a picture tells a thousand words. Mm-hmm. So is this something that you said before that when you were first introduced to it, the company didn't want to do HAZOPs for all of these different facilities, um, so they used the bow tie. Is this something that could be used in conjunction with, say, HAZOP or, or kind of like a more a standard PHA? Or is this just a, a kind of a fundamentally different approach to visualizing the risk and then being able to manage it? There's a number of different opportunities here. You you could use it like many people in jurisdictions on, on my side of the pond, you know, uh, UK and European jurisdictions will have to develop a safety case or a safety report. And the bow tie is a really neat way to summarise um, your major accident hazards and to demonstrate that you have measures in place to, to address it. So you've got this single page representation of your safety management system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can use it as a, I would call it a hazard identification tool mm-hmm. to, to systematically go through it in, in a, a, a sort of PHA HAZOP style, you know, deviation cause consequence safeguard. It can be used for that, but it gets really big really quick. As I right. said before, you, you're still using the same the same elements, causes become threats, safeguards become barriers, but it soon gets really, really big, really quick. Now, the, the software can deal with that, and it mm-hmm. can, you can take a big bow tie and collapse it down to, to a small bow tie to help focus, and that's all doable. 
but where most people are using bow ties in combination with with PHAs is to take the most significant scenarios, the major accident scenarios, and visualise them and use them as a communication medium, either with the regulator or with their um, stakeholders, etc. You know, what one of the key things that um, I mentioned, my colleague Paul McCulloch before, he he recognised after the um, the Bunsfield incident over here in 2005, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a massive tank farm incident. And the health and safety executive, um, part of the inquiry came up with a challenge to um, duty holders or owner operators. And, and the duty holders had to ask themselves three questions. Do you understand what can go wrong? Do you know what systems you have in place to prevent it from happening? And how do you assure yourself that those systems are actually working? So those three questions, recognising something can go wrong, being aware that you need to do something about it and have the confidence that it's actually working, those those three elements are really at the core of bow ties because the, the bow tie allows you to do that, to visualise the hazard, to visualise the barriers, but more importantly, the presence and the performance of the barriers. And that's where conventional HAZOP PHAs fall short because they tend to be a snapshot of, we believe these are our safeguards today. We believe they will be there and they will be effective. What the bow tie does is give you a visual skeleton or a visual foundation on which you can start to add information about the effectiveness of the barriers. Are they there? Are they degraded? Are they, um, have they been overridden? All these things that makes the bow tie much more powerful than, quite frankly, a stale spreadsheet, because that's very often what a PHA can be. It's something that's uh, you put a lot of effort into it for days or weeks or months, and then you rest on it for five years and then you start again and the the bow ties don't operate like that they allow you to have this evergreen perspective of like i say the presence and the and the, the performance of the barriers because that's what's keeping you safe it's those barriers being there being big enough fast enough strong enough and there's a lot of synergy for 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 listeners that know about layer protection analysis and the concepts mm -hmm. of initiating events and independent protection layers. It, it's exactly the same concept. Your independent protection layers or your conditional modifiers can be represented in bow tie format, and you can even quantify bow ties. You can. Right. Put, I was actually going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can put frequencies on your threats. You can put probabilities on your barriers and you can use the same maths um, on a bow tie that you do uh, in a layer protection analysis. So they are really powerful. Yeah, it, it's one of the one of the things that I've always, um, you know, I, I came I came to process safety from operations and, you know, being in PHAs and having to deal with PHAs that other people did and and. You know, you, you mentioned it before that, say, HAZOPs or, you know, what-if analyses, 
you know, they're number one, they're snapshots in time, but also, as you say, they're kind of just spreadsheets. It's just lists of information. Yeah. Uh, and we extract that information and maybe and you know, probably put it into some sort of report, which has some sort of a summary of, you know, significant issues or um, but you get divorced from I mean, the minute you take it from you take the information from the, sp the spreadsheet or whatever PHA Pro or PHA Works, whatever you're using as a tool or Excel and you put it in a report. Now you've divorced that. <clears throat> from the information that was in the report, which is still very important. Um, and then you summarize that to give a management review or to communicate to affected employees or something like that. And again, you're kind of distilling it again and you're kind of divorcing it again from that information. So in order to really convey the information, you, you don't want to give someone a, a full, you know, page after page after page, hundred, hundreds of pages of basically spreadsheets that are, say, a HAZOP, so kind of being able to take that and put it into a visual representation and being able to give that to an operator so they understand, okay, this really bad thing that can happen, right? Here are our preventive safeguards. Here are our mitigative safeguards. And here are the sorts of things that we need to worry about as you're doing your job to make sure that they don't happen. Um, so I can see how that would be a, a – even just for communication, even if all you did is take your major scenarios from a HAZOP and did and, and used it com to communicate. I think that would be a significant improvement over what we tend to do now. Uh, absolutely. One of one of my bugbears, um, and I hope I don't offend any of the listeners. One of my bugbears is using using Excel for documenting HAZOP PHAs and and using it badly by yes. putting all the safeguards in the same cell. Because putting all the safeguards in the same cell doesn't really tell you if all the safeguards apply to all the causes or all the consequences, or is it a prevention measure, is it a mitigation measure? And we're all very good at focusing on prevention measures when it comes to, to PHAs. We're all very good at saying, oh, yeah, there's an alarm, or oh, yeah, there's a, there's a trip, or oh, yeah, there's a relief valve. And we kind of we only go as far as the top event. We're not so good at saying, you know, on the flip side, we've got a leak, so we're, we're going to have, you know, control of ignition sources. We're going to have gas detection. We're going to have you know, evacuation. All those good things. We don't get the big picture. We don't get that line of sight all the way from cause um, all the way through to the effect. So, so that that's my big message is that, as you said, the the, the tabular, the, 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 the table format isn't very good at giving you the, the context and the criticality of where, where the barriers or the safeguards relate to in your protection portfolio. And, and the, 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 the reason I'm banging on about this is mm -hmm. when you come to do management of change, whether it's permanent management of change or whether it's temporary management of change, whether you're you know, making some change to the hardware or whether you're, you're, you know, disabling an alarm or whatever. The HAZOP doesn't give you any real sense of the big picture, what it is you're sacrificing when you interfere with that. Because A, you, you know, unless you've got a kindly consultant or facilitator that gives it to you in a format that you can interrogate you may be lumbered with a pdf and you you, you will tr struggle to to find all the, the places where your safeguard is 
uh, recorded, and I guarantee it's probably not tagged. It probably says high level alarm, and there are a million high level alarms in it. But <laughs> yeah. But when, when if you if you have if you follow good practice, and I think we'll talk later on where you can find out about good practice. If you follow good practice, and and you use you know good bowtie software, you can trace all the instances of the, that barrier in all the scenarios. Right. And you can get an immediate sense of if I disable that alarm or I change that alarm from 65% to 70%, what is the impact on all the scenarios where that that barrier is contributing to the risk reduction? Like I say, it, some PHA tools do it, but like a lot of tools, it needs the discipline for people to, to properly document the identity of the safeguards and quite honestly a lot of projects don't have the time and money to document it properly a lot of this is done in shorthand and a lot of studies rely on on quantity rather than quality we've got a long list of safeguards in that box therefore we must be therefore safe. therefore we must be good yeah yeah and and if in you know that in 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 my practice in my experience you know depending on the size of that of that the the potential you know, consequence, that's when I kind of push people or, or recommend that people go the next level, with, you know, sharpen the pencil and look at your layer of analysis, protect layer of protection analysis to, yeah. to, to make sure that, um, yes, we're actually, we're actually getting the coverage that we need to be able to sleep at night. You know, we're engineers, you know, we're very comfortable in the world of Excel. We're very comfortable. I mean, even as comfortable as we are, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn here, but even as com comfortable as we are with tabulations and lists of things, as you say, a picture is worth a thousand words. So it may be fine to communicate that to get people to understand um, who are engineers or you know whatever, but there's a lot of people out there that aren't. And, and a, a lot of what I worry about is, as I said before, is, is communication to um, operators and maintenance folks and supervisors and people who actually are interacting with the process. Um, so I think that, uh, um, you know, again, the, the, this visual method I think is, is, is very, very powerful. Um, so we've talked, we've talked a little bit about, um, about kind of how it, how they're different from other, to other methodologies. And, and this is obviously a very deep, subject and we're not going to cover everything in you know in a 30 minute podcast or so um but if 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 i were just if i were in a in a company we just wanted to do a bow tie like what are the what what's the basic methodology for doing that i mean the, the, myself and a lot of listeners are pretty probably pretty good with what the methodology is for hazop or for a what if so what's the general high level methodology for a bow tie so um the uh, the the CCPS, um, uh, as you and your listeners probably know, have have a wealth, have a great library of publications and a lot mm -hmm. of different topics. And, and obviously, their layer protection analysis book and and the, the the two or three subsequent volumes to that have yeah. been you know invaluable to engineers across the world. That that has become the sort of go to book for layer protection analysis. Yep, um, we've mentioned so it many times on the podcast. And, and 2018, um, I think October, November 2018, the CCPS in conjunction with the Energy Institute in the UK mm -hmm. um, developed a, um, 
I'm trying to think of the exact title. It, it, it's basically uh, bow tie good practice. The, the the exact title eludes me, um, but it, it's basically we'll we'll have it, it, on, it in the show in the show notes. Yeah, and it, essentially the the reason behind it is that it, it's it's really easy to draw a bow tie, you know. And I want to tell people that you can draw a bow tie in Visio, you can draw a bow tie in PowerPoint, you can draw a bow tie in Excel. You know, yeah. um, drawing a bow tie is, is the easy bit. Having really useful bow ties is where this CCPS book is aimed at, is, okay. is having a strong discipline in the same way that the, the LOPA book, you know, makes you think about specific auditable independent. You know, th this makes you think about making sure that you're not claiming you know, multiple elements, multiple times, you know, the, the classic having, you know, a, a BPCS loop and an alarm, you know, but they're all from the same sensor. The same transmitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and that message comes across, but also messages, uh, 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 good guidance about, you know, what what is a threat and a, a threat shouldn't be a barrier failure. You've got barriers in place. The, th the threat should be something else. And, and the book has, has lots of really good examples. I will say it's very biased towards hydrocarbons, but the principles are there <laughs> for for other, you know, other industries. And, and the bow tie technique can be used for for shipping, for mining, for, you know, well, that's what I wanted. I, yeah, I wanted to make sure we touched on that because we've talked a little bit about you were you were talking before we started here. You were talking about, number one, using it for information for IT. For like yeah. like information technology infrastructure and then also combining that with more of a process safety a pha sort of a of a of a deal um to kind of combine that for like say a chemical plant or something like that so yeah can you talk about that for a couple minutes yeah so like i said earlier on if you think of this as risk management and risk is failing to achieve your objectives and those objectives could be commercial uh, you know, reputational, et cetera, et cetera. So losing control or losing integrity of what's important to you, that that's at the heart of, of risk management or, or risk assurance. And now we're in this world, this, this modern high-tech world, and we've got all these smart devices, and we're really, really worried about, you know, cybersecurity. We're worried about compromising our data. We're worried about our devices being defeated or our alarms being set out of range. So cybersecurity has become front and center of process safety because of this interconnected world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And bow ties have been used for a, for a long time for visualizing process safety and process safety management. Latterly, they've been used for information technology and now we can combine them together so that you're you're looking at the the challenges or the threats or the vulnerabilities of your IT systems and how those vulnerabilities can allow escalation through to your uh, automation control systems and how that can migrate through to your process equipment so you can actually tie together these knowledge silos, these ITOT, and, and we call it PT, physical technology, you can tie together these, these in bow tie format. So the consequence 
of a logical breach from a control system becomes a, a threat to a physical system. Um, and the bow tie is really powerful in visualizing that. And, and again, what it's aiming to do is, is to make the barriers front and center because it's that barrier assurance that helps us sleep at night, whether it's a, a logical asset or whether it's a physical asset. And we all do like to sleep at night a little better. We do, um, yeah. <laughs> and I talk to, you know, in when I'm in, in chemical plants or, or dealing with companies, you know, and I'm talking to the plant manager, or I'm talking to talking to the president of the company or maybe even the owners. You know, that's one of the things that I'm always at. So, you know, so what's what's keeping you up at night? You know, because that's that's kind of what we're trying to do is trying to make it trying to protect everything so that they can sleep at night. And uh, so, you know, this this certainly seems like a good tool. So before we go, I think we're getting toward the end here. Um, I just curious, where do you see bow ties heading? I mean, the you mentioned the CCPS book, which I think you and I were talking before and you you I think you said kind of said that, it you know, kind of gives a certain amount of legitimacy to the to the technique, um, which I which I think is true. So, you know, kind of similar to Lopa, there's it takes time for for that to kind of work its way through. But, you know, where do you see kind of bow ties heading, the use of bow ties in process safety, um, you know, in the next five to 10 years? I think undoubtedly the the ability to visualize as live as practical the the health of your assets and your protection systems. So connecting your barriers to your process management systems, your your PI or whatever, your maintenance management systems, SAP or Maximo, document management systems, change management systems, competence management systems, given that live status of the health of the barriers, because that they, you know, you can really quickly have a traffic light system that has red, orange, green for the health of the barriers. And, and anybody from the, the top floor to the shop floor can look and see, I've got a row of red barriers, I'm in trouble. Right. Or I've got a row of green barriers, I've got a warm and fuzzy feeling. And I can that, sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that, that current, you know, this is where I am today, this is my risk today. And, and even better than that, th this is, you know, if we could, tell the future this is where my risk is heading because where it's heading I can prepare for that because as, as soon as you put the barriers in place they start to degrade yeah. they, they start they start to get old and so <clears> their, <throat> their performance is always getting worse and worse and worse and, and you need to intervene before that performance starts to impact on your tolerable risk so that 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 sort of that um that information that's com coming now as to where we are today, but also whether you want to call it artificial intelligence or whether you want, I mean, look how we can predict the weather, you know, weeks ahead. How, how do we do that? Maybe it's not accurate, but we, th there's no reason why we, we couldn't use historical barrier performance to predict future barrier performance and therefore see where we're heading and, and stop that that sort of you know slippery slope um, and and do you see and 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 in your mind i think bow ties visualizing all of that and tying it into the bow tie gives you 
a visual, up-to-date, current picture. Just like we said that the, P, you know, the PHA is kind of a snapshot of when you did the PHA, that it's something that we could use as an ongoing tool. And um, yeah, I, 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 think that's, I think that's an interesting approach, um, which would have a lot of benefits, especially because I see there's just a lot of facilities out there that, you know, they do their PHAs, they do their snapshot of like where, what our safeguards are. And then, you know, they're supposed to be managed per, you know, per ragged gap of, you know, whether it's, you know, testing safety valves or doing loop checks on your, on your BPCS, whatever. And those things that aren't being done as much as they should. So what if you had a system where, you had your your maintenance system was tied into a to a bow tie for a PSV, and on that boat that risk bow tie, it went yellow when it was approaching its you know uh, you know its replacement date, and then it went yeah. red if it got over date. And now somebody you know up you know upstairs is saying, wait a minute, I've got red on my bow tie. That's not good. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and the the really key thing here is we're not short of data. You know, we're we're flooded with with data from all kinds of devices, yeah, and you know, it's the, the the exactly the the industry has has numerous dashboards. Dashboards are are okay, but what the bowtie does, it gives you that context. It gives you that scenario. It gives you the the contribution that that barrier makes in the bigger picture and if i lose that barrier you know what am i vulnerable to because that might be the only barrier in that threat line and therefore <laughs> i i'm undefended whereas if totally i've got undefended. A, if, if i've got a dashboard you know that looks like something out of nasa's control room all i've got is a lot of blinking green and red lights it's not giving me the context it's not giving me the focus and the bow tie gives you the focus it gives you that the barriers relationship to the threats the threats relationship to the top event yeah um and, and that allows non or less technical people to make better decisions because you and i are not decision makers you and right. i are providing guidance or information to help people make good decisions yeah and the bow ties yeah. help do that help do that great all right well I'm like I'm like buzzing with all sorts of other questions, but in the interest of trying to keep the, keep the show uh, manageable for uh, for the listeners, maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll have to have you on for another one about bow ties going deeper as well as the as the cards. Um, but so so in closing, let's uh, let's um, ask where can listeners learn more about you, connect with you, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you can. You can find me on on LinkedIn. You, you can have a look at my website, processsafetyintegrity.com. LinkedIn is probably the best platform. Okay. Um, and you or, and you're very you're very active on LinkedIn. You're posting articles all the time and uh, certainly giving some great content there. So I I highly you. recommend if you don't reach out to David to connect, at least take a look at what he's doing and uh, follow him for uh, for some great content. Um, so da uh, David, thank you for being on the show. We, I definitely appreciate it. It was great talking to you and uh, uh, great learning more about bow ties. And to the audience, thank you for listening. Um, we do appreciate that you take the time to learn more about process safety. 
Uh, please, if you could, take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast fix. We do uh, we do appreciate that feedback, and the more ratings we get, the uh, more likely people will be to find us. You can find the show notes for today's episode and more at our website, www.amplifyconsultants.com slash podcasts. Um, also, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can always reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn, or you can do it the old-fashioned way by sending an email to podcast at amplifyconsultants.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your focus on process safety so everybody can go home safely. Thanks. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Amplify Your Process Safety. Head to our website, amplifyconsultants.com, to find our show notes and other resources. Thank you for joining us in our mission to ultimately save lives by advancing process safety right here on Amplify Your Process Safety. Until next time.